This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Lion stuff is just, oh my God, I just want to vomit. Aaron Hawksworth. That's all I have to say to that. And Ed Egros. We will do the work for you. On the BetQL Network. Hello and welcome to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross here. Joe and Aaron are off today, but our bullpen is deep. Joining us for the first hour and change is none other than PJ Glasser of the BetQL Network. PJ, so great to have you with us here as we get going on this lovely Thursday. Uh, we will be here with you from 9 to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. And as always, listen to the show on the Odyssey app. Watch the show on twitch.tv slash BetQL and YouTube. And follow us on X at BetQL Daily. Joining us on the program today, Parker Fleming of Sumer Sports will get us ready for the college football playoff semifinals happening Monday. But first, PJ, we have a running joke around these parts to where the biggest sports news always breaks at noon Eastern, just a few minutes after we go off the air. And sure enough, at noon Eastern yesterday, after Aaron and I were waxing poetic about the Dallas Cowboys and how much she hates them and how much I still believe in them, sure enough, we get a little bit of news that Russell Wilson, the Broncos quarterback, has been benched for Jarrett Stidham. And What's interesting to me uh, in terms of Adam Schefter's tweet uh, saying that like this is about, uh, say, getting a spark offensively. uh, What's interesting to me is that this is something that perhaps Russell Wilson uh, was sort of expecting that he thought could very well happen. Uh, For instance, from Diana Russini uh, saying Wilson will be cut in March. That would be inactive or that he would be made inactive if he did not defer his contracts. March 2024 injury guarantee trigger date. Thirty seven million dollar guarantee. Russ himself has known for two months that he was likely to be benched and he was likely not going to be coming back as a member of the Broncos and that he would have to continue his career elsewhere. But as far as what we need to know about this move, what was your biggest takeaway? Yeah, Ed, I mean, it's it's a crazy story. I would say the dead cap hit, right? $85 million in dead cap that the Broncos are going to have to swallow because uh, they're likely going to cut Russ in March like the report's have indicated. I would also say, you know, there was reports coming out that Sean Payton had approached Russ, I think around Halloween time, and wanted him to get rid of that injury guarantee money, right? And Russ is like, mm-hmm. of course I'm not doing that. I'm getting paid like 37, 38 million. So 
we could kind of all see it in that Lions game when Denver played Detroit and Sean kind of just lit Russ up and he was yelling at him. And we could tell that that relationship was just not going anywhere. You lose to the Patriots last week. That was kind of the final nail in the coffin. And the Broncos are, are doing what they think is best for their organization. And, you know, it, it kind of tells you, Ed, like how little they think of Russ that they are willing to eat all that dead cap not try and make it work with him. They, they, as we know, have a good defense. They don't play in, in the best division in football. You know, the Chiefs are certainly looking vulnerable. So that was my biggest takeaway is that they, they think so little of Russ that they are willing to deal with everything salary-related. And, you know, it really limits their options. Like, I think a guy like Kirk Cousins, right, like that could be a good destination for Denver or maybe you trade for a guy like a Justin Fields or maybe a Kyler Murray. But with all that cap, there's just – there's no way they can do it. So they got to go young. They got to get somebody through the draft. Sean Payton, when he was in New Orleans, has shown us that he is not shy of trading up for guys. Now, I don't know if he's going to get Caleb Williams or Drake May, but I think maybe like a Penix, like a Jaden Daniels, like those would maybe be some names to watch in Denver. But – uh the, the Sean Payton era is kind of starting right now in, in Denver, right? Mm -hmm. We all thought it was going to be the Russell Wilson era. That, that's now over, and uh, all the pressure is on Payton now to make this work. And certainly we have tons and tons of time between now and, say, when win totals for 2024 are unveiled, division uh, title futures, all of that stuff, that will be unveiled, and we'll have a ton of time to sort of figure out what this is supposed to look like. And it's interesting to me in terms of why things didn't work out between Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. You know, when you think of Wilson, you know, a really mobile guy, really athletic guy, yeah, he's a little bit short, but sometimes getting outside the pocket, uh, you know, sort of plays into his wheelhouse being able to toss it deep let Russ cook you know there's a reason why that phrase exists in the first place and that's not exactly what Sean Payton is all about you think about Drew Brees especially when they were constantly winning the NFC South and constantly making the playoffs yeah coming up a little bit short those last few years uh, in the Brees campaign uh, but at the same time you saw someone who was just super duper efficient right? Drew Brees to Michael Thomas. Like how many times do we say that time and time again, you know, around that 2020 campaign and those other years? That's, I think, what Peyton wants. Somebody who maybe isn't like a Jaden Daniels type who's really, really flashy, but somebody who's just uber efficient. And to me, this matters a great deal in terms of, you know, how we're trying to figure out this week 17 contest and maybe even the future, just because maybe it's not the flashiest of quarterbacks Sean Payton is looking for, but just someone who's reliable, someone who can get those, say, two to 10 air yard passes completed and someone who's able to, uh, you know, find the receiver who's ultimately going to get a lot of yards after catch. You know, you think about you know, what Wilson wants to do, the intermediate and deep throws outside the pocket, improvising, having a lot of empty sets, those kinds of things. That's not what Sean Payton's all about. Even, you know, when you look, look at the last game against the Patriots when they lost that one, it was like, okay, yes, Russell Wilson was able to make a comeback in the fourth quarter and make that game interesting. But you could tell that Payton was really frustrated, even with offensive strides being made in game. Uh, it wasn't just that the Broncos lost, but the fact that they even needed some kind of a fourth quarter comeback, you could tell that he was a tad perturbed about it. So ultimately, this is about finding an uber-efficient quarterback. I don't know if Jared Sidham is going to be that guy, but certainly you have to believe that, okay, because they have no cap space whatsoever, no financial flexibility, 
that they're going to have to make do with something that may look a little boring, but maybe it's just uber efficient. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No, yeah, I agree with you. And maybe they look to make up for it in different ways, right? To your point, when Mm -hmm. New Orleans was rolling, like, obviously it was Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, all those years with Jimmy Graham and everything. But as you know, Ed, like, when the Saints are right, man, they they normally have one or two, like, really good backs, right? Like the Pierre Thomas days, Mark Ingram, Camaro was a star when he broke in, some years of Reggie Bush. Like, Sean Payton teams, we all think of Brees and all the offense and the passing but they're more balanced than I think people really realized. And, you know, they tried to make some moves in the offseason to upgrade the offensive line this year because as bad as Russ was, the O-line in Denver last year was terrible too. So they tried to go out and get guys like Mike McGlinchey, right, and try to protect him, try to lean on the running game. When they had that five-game win streak, that's why they were so successful. They weren't turning the ball over. They were running it well. They were controlling the clock. Their defense was playing a lot better. So – Yeah, I mean, obviously, because like you said, Denver doesn't have any financial flexibility. It's going to be interesting what they do at quarterback. They're probably going to draft somebody. And because Sean Payton's going to have a rookie, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a lot of running. It's going to be a lot of leaning on that defense and uh, try and win games that way, win turnover margin. Um, What do you think happens next for Russ? Like, have you thought of maybe what? a good landing spot for him would be like, do you see him in like Pittsburgh? Do you see him like going in the division and going to like a Las Vegas? I'm trying to think of like destinations where, you know, because don't you feel like teams at this point, the stigma around Russ right now, especially how he was viewed in Denver, like some teams probably are worried about bringing a guy like that into their locker room. Absolutely. I absolutely do believe that. And yes, I think stigma is a really good word. At the same time, if you look at the quarterback situation in the league right now, there are a lot of teams very desperate who feel like, okay, we are a mediocre team right now. We have an okay offense, but a quarterback who can just keep the train on the tracks, that is that last piece before we can really take off. You know, it's one of the reasons why the Jets were willing to basically succumb to all of Aaron Rodgers' whims because it's just the state of the league right now. There are lots of teams who, if they had at least an okay quarterback, we would be talking about them very differently. The Atlanta Falcons probably come to mind right now who are, who are going to a backup quarterback uh, here. But you look at that division and you look at all the other quarterbacks they're going up against – Right now, Baker Mayfield is striking fear into the hearts of every other team in that division. 
That should not happen, even with a great OC and play designer and all that stuff. Still, though, I do think that there are places for him to go to. And yes, it, it might you know create a little bit of friction within said locker room, but I still think this is something that's very doable. And I think also too, PJ, what, what matters in terms of his future and what this is going to look like is, yeah, you need the personnel to be able to do that, but you probably also need to go to an organization where, say, the head coach is perhaps a little bit more defensive-minded, uh, where, say, this offense is a work in progress where, yeah, there's plenty of talent and you might have some great receivers who are fantastic for, say, 20 air yard throws, things like that. But it has to be something where, not that Russell Wilson is, say, calling the shots, but he has more autonomy to do what he wants to do. And yes, there are not going to be a whole lot of teams available for that, but that number isn't zero. I do think there is another place for him in this league. Where that's going to be, I'm not exactly sure. Atlanta is probably the first team that comes to mind. Pittsburgh perhaps could also make sense just because if they sort of keep the infrastructure the way it is, then it would make a lot of sense. I mean, look, George Pickens, you know, a deep threat. So in some ways that that could work. But Wilson does have to have a good bit of control and a good bit of power for it to work. And while there are many organizations who will pass on that, I think a few would be willing to take a flyer. Absolutely. No, I agree. And I think you hit the nail on the head with your first point about like teams are just desperate in this league, right? Like how many mm -hmm. one o'clock windows on an NFL Sunday <laughs> have we watched this year where there have been so many games with backup quarterbacks, right? Like that's just the state right. of the league. I mean, the amount of teams are on their backups where it's like, we got to watch this matchup today. You know, we got to watch these two quarterbacks play where it's like Tommy DeVito and, and whoever go at it, Mac Jones. So, yeah, it's brutal. I do think some uh, the team out there takes a shot at Russ and believes that, you know, they can win with him. So we'll see what happens. As far as this Broncos-Chargers game, I'm really fascinated, mm -hmm. like, betting-wise for the Broncos the last two weeks of the season because they really had their dream crusher last week against New England, right? Like, that's the game with pretty much you're not making the playoffs. Like, that's it. So does this move with Russ, like – do, do guys still compete? Because what this move tells me from Sean Payton, from ownership and everything, is they're reevaluating the roster, right? And a way to motivate yeah. guys when you're out of the playoff hunt is to motivate them by job security and saying that if, if you put out an effort, what the Chargers did against the Raiders on that Thursday, like you're not going to be back next year. So, I mean, the line moved from five and a half to three and a half with the Russ News and now Jared Stidham starting. I just... We haven't seen Stidham play in a while. The Chargers had a great effort last week against Buffalo. I think that game was more so about the Bills. Like, that was such a prime letdown spot for Buffalo. All the tough games that they had to play in a row. You're playing a Chargers team with an interim coach who just gave up 63 points. Like, that was just classic NFL letdown spot right there. I think maybe people view the Chargers a little bit differently now coming into this game and – I don't know if I would necessarily go that way. I just don't know if I want to back Denver, though, Ed, because I don't know what kind of effort we're going to get out of this team. Like, are they still going to be competing? Is Sean Payton still have this locker room locked in? I just – I think it's one of those games, you know, when you get this late into the in the season, I think motivation is so key for these teams that aren't going to make the playoffs. And for Denver especially, I just – I really don't know what kind of effort we're going to get out of this team. 
Yeah, one thought that I will uh, share about the Chargers game in just a bit, but one quick point that you made that I think is really important that I think we need to talk about a good bit more is this notion that the Broncos are out of the playoff hunt. Mathematically, they are still in it. Now, granted, like if everything goes right for them, they win the last two games, then they're only still up to say like a 17% chance of making it. They need a lot of help. And what's fascinating to me is that NFL teams, for the most part, they cling on to that 5% chance or that 2% chance. If they are mathematically still alive, they will do everything they conceivably can to make sure they still have a chance. And the Broncos aren't doing that. Instead, they're going to Jared Stidham. It's not that right. we haven't seen him play very much. We haven't seen him play that much at all in the National Football League. So the fact that they're making this move, even with that modicum of possibility that they can make the playoffs, that to me is really fascinating. And I think that's Sean Payton's fingerprints that he is just dissatisfied in general with a lot of things, not just the quarterback position, but a lot of other things to where I expect that this will be, yes, I think some folks in that locker room are happy with it, but I think overall it will be a net deflation. I think one of the reasons why uh, the Bills struggled with the Chargers is that they just didn't know what they were getting into, right? Like you have a new head coach uh, or, you know, an interim head coach, and, you know, the approach was a little bit different. And so it was a tad surprising for the Bills coming off a short week, traveling across the country, all of that stuff, big letdown spot, as you said. I probably respect the Chargers a little bit more than most. While I do think this Brandon Staley move needed to happen, at the same time, I think the Chargers still have a good enough infrastructure to be able to at least hang in a game like this. You know, it's funny whenever we see backup quarterbacks come in that the line moves a certain way. And more often than not, the market overreacts to such news. Here, we're getting something a little bit different. And to me, I think, once again, we are overreacting. And so in that sense, uh, probably the Chargers would be the play here. Um, but maybe we look at a couple of injury reports and we get a little bit more comfortable as far as what side we want to take. Yeah, I think I think that's a fair take as well. Really good point, too, about like the season. It's still up there for the Broncos, and they're basically punting on it.